Hey my friend, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Tradies Success Academy. We're on a mission to help trade and construction business owners unlock time and financial freedom within as little as three years. With the right processes and systems and support, we're able to help people level up with less mistakes and have the motivation and support and guidance around systemization and process, whether that comes to lead generation, conversions, on-site value delivery, maximizing efficiency and profitability, operations and administration, or personal performance, how to really maximize yourself as a business owner and unlock that growth in your own business. Now, whether you're a sole trader or you've been in business for years and years, we're here to support you no matter what size you are. So look in the show notes. We've got a link to an exclusive offer for the podcast where you get 30 days free of the Academy Mastermind program. On there, you'll get access to online on-demand training videos, access to live training every single week, and access to an amazing trade community filled with all different types of trades supporting one another to unlock that growth potential. Click the link in the show notes and unlock your free trial now. We are on, we are live, we are in your car, in your AirPod. You know, I've recently become an AirPod guy. What? I mean, not recently, maybe about six to 12 months ago, I've been that guy walking around with two hands. Whoa. Like Heath Ledger style, two hands. <laughs> a great movie. But um, every time I call you, it's like, hold on, my AirPods won't connect. <laughs> that is the bane of my existence. From AirPod to computer to iPad to back to something else. If someone can help me out, please give me a call ASAP. But here's the story from A to Z. You want to pod with me? You better listen, listen carefully. carefully. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> you know I, know, I knew where you're going. You yeah. know where I'm going with that? Yeah. I want to talk today about. Uh, I don't know the best. Let, let, let me let me share the scenario with you. Yeah. And let's come up with a title from there. But we've recently acquired ourselves a rat Ooh. in the house. Yeah. We live uh, hinterland style. And I saw this rat. How big? It's big. Yeah. It's bigger than my, my small child. Are no, not that big. It's big. I mean. Like small cat? Big? Yeah. No, like ferret. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. medium-sized ferret. Yeah. Still pretty big. Non-ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a non-ideal situation, right? And this rat had babies. Oh, And baby. these babies, guess what happens to babies? They get teeth. So it starts... Okay, I, I have to look this up. It started gnawing at our timber doors. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's like... Tasty stuff. <laughs> yeah, I thought they did it for Ness. Apparently, they did it for teething. Anyway, the rat's been in and out. I went to get Jasper. He loves this chocolate cereal. And uh, we got the chocolate cereal out the other day. And it had a hole in it. Like, the rats gnawed through the packaging. Oh, no. Delved into it. And, you know, for a split second, it was early in the morning. I was like, do I just give it to him? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But, um, but I did notice the week before, the Wheat Bix had... Um, I didn't notice a hole in the actual Wheat Bix not the cardboard, the bag. And there was lots more crumbs in them than usual. I just figured the boys had been in there like mushing the crumbs up. Yeah. So I was feeding the kids wheat bix for at least a week and that had, had a rat in it. Had a rat just mowing through the top of it. Just just gnawing <laughs> on in. Anyway, I've caught three of them. And I think we're on our we're on a good trajectory. Fed them, fed them to the turkey, rat the little local bush turkey. <laughs> yeah, if you need any rats removed from your house, just let me know. <laughs> just give me a call. I'm definitely a, an expert. But okay. You got, you got pythons. 
Well, obviously could... not because yeah. we've got rats. I want a python. You, if you don't, if you don't live rural, you don't know that pythons are good. Pythons are great. Pythons are good. They will eat everything, potentially your child. I'll try. I'm not sure. I'll try to find one this weekend at home, and I'll bring them over. Actually, we did a job at your house the other week, and there was a snake in your roof. Yeah, a little tree snake, bud. But it's still scary. I was, I was out in the corner of the roof, and crows just like smashing things in the roof, and this little snake sticks his head up over the top of it. It's just like, what the hell's going on? And I was just like, Croak, you just like tone it down a bit. I'm in the corner of the roof with a snake looking at me going, what the hell are you doing in my house? It's crazy. And I almost said to Georgia, who's your four-year-old, I almost said, hey, a snake in the roof, which I'm glad I didn't because you said she wouldn't have slept for at least a month. Right over the top of her bedroom. <laughs> Georgia was scarred. Sleep with one eye open. Oh. <laughs> Gripping your pill. Yeah, Metallica. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Anyway, I'm talking about the rat. And yeah. I'm talking about it, you know, me needing to get a second job just to support the food the rat was chewing through. <laughs> it's making me question whether to have a third child or not. But the rats chewed into this rice, right? And I needed this rice to cook. Okay. And I looked at it and I and I looked at it and I was like, there's three quarters of the pack. Do I scrape off the top level that the rats produce? Like, I'm, that's just how I'm thinking, right? And I eventually threw it out, similar to the Weepix situation I said before. And it got me thinking Good, in business. I'm thinking about this rice, right? I'm thinking about like a like a ball pit. The rats jumped in like a like a kid's ball pit. Yeah, and I, yeah. the rat is sitting on the top, and it's having a fat time eating all this rice. It's loving life, and it needs to go to the toilet. So it's just like I'll just take a quick little wee here, and it's it a lot like rice actually cascade down through the rice like a little waterfall and then coat every grain of rice in that bag <laughs> yeah but i'm still here and i'm fine <laughs> no I'm fine, I'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine but it got me thinking um i felt really bad to throw it out i was like it's a waste of money waste of time waste of this waste of that and did it you got give me... it to the rat She's like, well done <laughs> well, well done guys <laughs> i just presented with a with a platter a platter of rice and wheat fix and chocolate cereal <laughs> what a dream but it got me thinking in business how many times do we hold on to things that we should get rid of did you catch the segue there oh yeah how many times in business where you're looking at something you're like oh you know i've invested a lot of time into that i've invested a lot of money into that oh like yeah that's got some history here oh and we don't actually confront the elephant in the room, which it's no longer useful or relevant. And I'm talking, yes, about staff, mm. field staff, like who are we hanging on to that dead weight? Also about that process that you put into place that's genuinely broken. Oh, and, and you know, and it used to work, like it worked yeah. for when you were, you know, one to three staff, but now you're at four staff. The process has no more scalability left in it. So you just have to get the handball out and boom out the window. You can tell you're an AFL guy by the handball and the and the bump. The bump was good, eh? It was. It was, it was pretty. It was that, pretty was, solid. that was a solid fifteen was, meter hand pass, bullet like, you know. It's fifteen of, meters. Is that a good range on the hand pass? It's in a. It's a comfortable range for how fast I delivered it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got no AFL. I actually watched one game, Sydney Swans versus someone. It's pretty entertaining live, actually. But we digress, and we're back to. First and foremost, let's talk about staff members. Now, so many times people hang on to dead weight because they invested time or money or both or energy or whatever into someone that's just seriously not performing. I'm talking on-site and off-site, so admin and field or operations or whatever. And it's really interesting to look at because 
in my head, I go straight to what's worse than having no staff? The wrong staff. Yeah. That's like a stand-up comedy outtake. <laughs> but it's like, everyone's like, ah, oh, all the business owners are like, you got it, you're reading my mind. But it's true. What's worse than having no, and then we're in a staff crisis. We've, we've talked about that a lot. A few podcasts ago, we really delved into that. But there's not enough staff to go around. But what's worse than having someone? Having the wrong person. So I want to kind of delve into like that. And that scarcity of staff right now is a real mindset. So there's guys, I can guarantee you, there's guys listening to this and girls listening to this right now that are holding because they're like, oh, it's too hard to hire. I couldn't possibly replace them, even though they're an absolute train wreck. <laughs> even though Jimmy's making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and uh, But it's, it's true. It's crazy to look at and go, okay, at what point do I need to revisit the process? And at what point do we let go of something that maybe was working or that's not working, they need to let go of. But what do you think around that? Because staff um, are very hard to come by. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's also a point where if if it's broke and completely broke and we've tried, at what point do you... Yeah, it's, it's very hard to be like this point because each, each case is very individual. Like the individual person, the individual circumstances of like say employment or something like that. But I think the big thing is it comes back to the business owner. It comes back to your your real appetite for a challenge because make no bones about it, things get harder before they get easier. Yeah, you could cruise along holding on to something that's not someone that's not right, and you're gonna underperform until you choose to go, let's make it a bit hard for a short period of time so that it's easier in the future. And people don't like hard stuff. So yeah. they just go, Oh, I'll just hold on to this and I'll just put up with it and I'll just battle. I did a session in uh, Peak Performance this morning talking in around, you know, the big dog's got to have the big dog conversation. So where where you sit, you're possibly the biggest dog in your business. You are the top dog. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are the director. And it's your job to have these big conversations. And something we come across a lot is underperforming staff. And let's just not cast them out like the rice. (laughs) <laughs> but but let's look at let's not have a firing problem you know we don't just oh. want to be like you're fired you're fired you're fired you're fired it's really good to self-reflect and for me i was looking at being like could i have just put that rice on a different shelf and everything would have been all right yeah i, I could have actually yeah. and, I, and i did <laughs> with our future rice purchases but um but it's like learn how to climb better it's like <laughs> I see it's, it's, it's possibly splinter <laughs> yes it could it could be master splinter, splinter. I don't even know. What a great movie those were, The Turtles. Uh, but back to the staff, and we're looking at it going, okay, let's have these big conversations. And an underperforming staff member, so often as a boss, you're looking at them going, they're underperforming, and you are internalizing this whole process, being super frustrated by the whole process, being super frustrated by the staff member, being super emotional. They're late, they're this, they're that, this is the expert, not hitting requirements, they're not doing this, they're not performing over here when we've got a disconnect in what was going on in our head regarding their expectations and what they think their expectations are. So the first and foremost thing you can do when there's that disconnect is not just discard the rice, but not just discard the staff member, is self-reflect and go, have I put into place what I need to for that person to thrive? Do they know what's actually required? Do they know what their job entails? Do they know what performing and not performing actually is? It's a really... (laughs) 
great conversation to have because so many staff members are like, I don't know yeah. what good is or what okay yeah. is or the difference between good and great. And it's our job as bosses to bring that out of people. And for me, it's a, I like to create a cheat sheet. I call it the cheat sheet on the induction when we're onboarding. Yeah? Do you want to know how to look really good here? Do this. Here's my expectations. Just do these things. What is it? There's a whole list of things. <laughs> if you're on time, you're late. Yeah. Point like, one. Like all of those things. Yeah. All of those expectations that we have. And you go, hey, do you want to be awesome? I'll give you the cheat sheet. You don't have to guess. You don't have to overachieve. You don't have, to, but you certainly won't underachieve because you know where you're at. Yeah, and then just establishing that that cheat sheet, that job description, those KPIs. Now when we catch up with our staff, and on this on that staff catch up, we're massive believers on weekly staff meetings, weekly cuddles and cuddles. <laughs> maybe not cuddles, or maybe cuddles. I don't know, depending on where you sit on that whole realm of cuddling. But but like <laughs> you got to catch up once a week. Your admin stuff, if you've got admin stuff, you've got to have the admin huddle in the morning. Hey, this is what we're going to do, this is what's happening today, all that kind of stuff. Really critical that to get that operating. But the one-on-one side of things is where a lot of people fall short because if you think about catching up with your boss or your superior or whatever one-on-one, it's really, really important that we can get a gauge on where someone's at and how much is too much on that. I often think we get people, this is what usually happens, you lose a staff member and then you get, oh, it's because I wasn't catching up with them enough and could I say them? And then you go, I'm going to catch up with them once every two to three weeks, one-on-one. And then uh, you get overbooked, overcooked, and the load was so great that you don't even do anything. You know when you feel like that? Mm-hmm. But it's like I've overcommitted and now I can't even get out of bed because my day is just too overbooked and overcooked. So we want to slow down, calm down, and recognize that the one-on-ones with the staff, once every four weeks is a lot. Good luck with that. Once every 12 weeks or three months is possibly too far. Yeah. You know, so, so it's like somewhere in that eight to 12 week process. Perfect. But imagine we catch up in that eight to 12 week process. And if you haven't done this before, it's going to be a little bit awkward. If you haven't sat with someone for a coffee one on one or on Zoom one on one or however you catch up with people over a thick shake, how would you catch up with someone? Uh, I did most of mine at the cafe with coffee. What, what's your coffee order again? You know, coffee. <laughs> Small on <long> black. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, great. If you haven't caught up with someone one-on-one, um, it's it can be difficult and awkward at the start, but you're on a journey to not feel like that. But imagine catching up with that person and having nothing to say. You know, you're not hitting this. You're not hitting this. This is what, like, and then, oh, I didn't know I was meant to be hitting that. And imagine the difference of them, you opening a document and being like, hey, here's what we talked about originally. Here's your 15 to 20 lots of... Ways to, ways to succeed here. Ways to succeed here. How do you think you're going here? Yeah. All of a sudden, what are we in? We're in a performance conversation and when we're attacking the task, we're fighting for excellence. But if you're just saying, Jimmy, you're an idiot, we're attacking the person and that person's not going to stay around very well. I'm, I'm going to say this again. We've got to be really confident and secure as business owners and teach this to your staff. When we're fighting for the task to be better, what are we fighting for? We're fighting for an excellent task, and that's what we all want. We all want our processes, our systems, our onboarding, our rough-ins, our fit-offs, our hand, we all want it to be better. So when we're fighting for excellence there, we're actually making a better product. We're refining and subtracting and adding and chopping and changing in a, in a non-emotional environment 
that is fighting for something to get better. And it's really important when you can do that with a staff member, now we cook it. You know what's required, I know what's required of you. Yeah. I, I can be confident and secure enough to be like, what do you need from me to help? Do you know what the magic happens when you get this right? You get this right, you never have to fire anyone. Underperforming staff, they're like, they can see that they're underperforming. And they're like, actually, maybe this job's not the right job for me, actually. I might go and try and find something else. And you're like, wow, isn't that brilliant? That'd be great, thanks. <laughs> you can, you can go like, somewhere else. Is that like the rat bait, where it's like, now you go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you go away, stop gnawing my windows. But yeah, so often we put up with things and we leave things there. And I wanna encourage everyone, we're talking, just confront things, confront things head on. Like to not confront something like an underperforming staff member or underperforming process or whatever, to not confront that can be detrimental to your well-being. Oh, you're bringing it home at night time, you're waking up with it, you're going to sleep with it, you're bringing it to your weekends, you're doing all this kind of stuff, all because essentially I like to feel, I like to think about the non-communication of this stuff like lying. I, gu- I guarantee it's, yeah. it's like, well, if I'm not telling you the truth, what am I doing? I'm withholding the truth from you. What's that's kind of in some cultures. Yes. <laughs> no different. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 like well, let's just create a space and a place for our employees to come and attack our attack our processes. Yeah, but also recognize if they're doing a good job or not. The other thing is you got to be really critical of yourself here, and if you don't allow yourself to disconnect from those things, once you view a particular person from a particular angle and you cast that lens upon them, it is very hard for you to change your mind about that person. So if there's a series of events with a particular staff member that have gone less than ideal and you're sitting there and going, oh my God, Jimmy, you are useless. Bloody Jimmy. The second you actually clarify that to yourself, everything that Jimmy does goes through a useless lens. And it is very hard for Jimmy to crack that mold down. So every time the little things happen, you start looking for them and you're like, see, because you're trying to confirm that bias in your own mindset that Jimmy is useless. So you're like, yeah, look at that. Another one, another one, another one. I was right. Ego is taken over. I, I knew it. I knew Jimmy was useless. And then it starts feeding itself. And you get to a point where, you know, you're more harshly critiquing someone because you've cast this lens upon them and you turn into an like, angry person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not that hard to... If you've done it before, you know exactly what we're talking about. I'm guilty as charged with the story right there. Anyway, on that, it's really important when we have that space in place to talk to our staff members openly and honestly and transparent. And we say this most weeks, but people would rather follow someone who's real than someone who's always right. So just be there and be real, be open and honest and transparent. That's who people want to work and that's who people want to work for. But if we don't have that space in place in our eight to 12 weeks for the one-on-one, what happened is I've got a problem with Jimmy and, and, and I've got nowhere to put it, no space or place to put it, and what do I do now? I take it to, to Kirk, I take it to my wife, I take it to my friends, I take it to places it was never intended to go. And once you take it to other members of staff, all of a sudden they start to look through that critical lens too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jimmy. And, they, and the general rule of thumb is one person tells one person. So if you wanna create a really unhealthy and toxic culture, Speak out of school. 
start telling start telling everyone else about Jimmy rather than Jimmy. That that's it, it, that's what happens and it perpetuates and then you'll create a culture you never wanted to be around and that people won't actually be able to stay around because it's toxic. So I encourage everyone to create that space and place. Talk to them, give them a chance. Don't be insecure, don't be scared to be wrong, but the big dogs have to have the big dog wolf wolf conversations. Okay. My and you know, to, to close it out, most people run from it. You, you're probably sitting here listening going, nah, I could have that conversation. But when the opportunity arises, when the opportunity presents itself, it'll come on a Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. and you'll be like, nah, I'll just do it next week. That's running from it. Yeah. That's running from it. If the opportunity comes up on Tuesday night at 8 p.m., that's running from it. Oh, nah, that's, that's all good. So what happens at Tuesday night at 8 p.m. when you've got this fury about what's happened, who cops that? Yeah, you're sitting there absolutely filthy, you're not connecting with your family, you're just like, oh, I'm in a rage, and then you know, you've allowed an error in the field which potentially could be related to your own process. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, heavy when you put it like that. To get yeah. back into your head and interrupt your ability to watch Netflix. Yeah, it's my, my final thought and final wrap-up is create the space and a place. It's gonna take a lot of pressure off you because if you don't have the space or place, you're gonna bottle things up and bottle things up and bottle things up and explode. But if I notice, hey, someone's done this, we'll put it in the form, we'll catch up in six to eight weeks time to 10 weeks time, whatever. Now we can actually talk about it. We're fighting for the process to get better. Love it. Get back to what you're doing. <laughs> get back to work. See you guys next week. See you. So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. So let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon.